do not aim at my head. He who aims with his hand has forgotten the face of his father. I aim with my eye. I do not shoot with my hand. I shoot with my mind. Jake! I do not kill with my gun. listening to High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too. Now let's join our hosts Q and J as they broadcast live from the writer's room. The show starts in one... Could we we please record the episode that we're recording instead of figuring out when you guys are going to dinner? That would be great. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do it. A, J... Thanks for joining. Thank we? yeah, we've been recording for a while while yeah, you guys are just discussing it's food. It's cool. We Our should. listeners love to hear your dinner plans as opposed to <laughs> hey, the movie review that they turned in for. Is free to join us. Yeah, six thirty tonight. Magianos. Be there. Or be it somewhere else. Well, our feelings will be hurt if you're not there. Three days after <laughs> that, we recorded this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Figure out a time machine. Get in it. No, you know, you know what, what they should Fuck do. It. Portal. Get, uh, that's what ah. I was going to say. You beat me to it. <laughs> you know what? We need one of the North Central Positronics portals. That's so true. Yeah. And you know what that's in reference to, people? No. No one no. does. I, I'm not. hearing they no did, response. They never referenced it in the movie. They just said NCP for North Central Positronics. So, so we here at High Five have decided to do something that we've never really done before, which is an actual movie review not a review of mo- of a movie that we haven't seen yet right. like with atomic blonde right but an actual review of an a- well i'm not going to say an actual movie of a, a something that was filmed at a screened at a theater intended yes. to be an actual movie and just like any good media outlet we do it well after the release of the film so welcome to our very first High five intentions. Because <laughs> we had the review, highest intentions review of, the <laughs> of reviewing Tower. it earlier. Yeah. No, yeah. they had every intention of making a movie. Oh, yeah. And they didn't. And they didn't. And now we're here to tell everyone why. So let's talk about this. Now, we have something interesting, um, which going into this movie was a cool dynamic. So, A, you haven't, you're not familiar with the source material at all. You've well, never read the books, right? I've never read the books. Mm-mm. Me, I read the Dark Tower book one and like a hundred pages into two. And Jay, you're like a diehard. I have read every book in the Dark Tower series, even the compendium sub- subsequent novels and the entire graphic novel series. Nerd. At least three or four times. Nerd alert. I've re- I read through the, the seven core books, actually the eight core books. Uh, last year in yes. preparation for this movie that was supposed to come out in fucking February. Right. Yes. So, um, we just finished watching this movie together. We sure did. Um, we all had, I think, kind of the same reaction. And so I would like to get into that. Now, first off, as a diehard fan, I know everybody is dying to know, it is absolutely 100% your favorite movie. Yes. No. <laughs> Damn it. 
No, not not at all. And we can go into reasons for why. Uh, but one of the things I'd like everybody to do is sort of go around the horn. So A, we'll start with you, and then Q, and then we'll end with me. Give everybody like a 10 to 15 second, not synopsis of the film, but just sort of an initial reaction to the film that we just saw, which was uh, The Dark Tower. So A, we'll start with you. 15, 20 seconds. Give us your first thoughts on the movie. It was disappointing. Not even needed a whole 15 seconds. I loved it. Solid. Uh, Q, what have you got? I wish we would have gone to see The Dark Tower. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my my review is, for the first time ever, I can legitimately say it without being a douche. The book was better. Is it weird True. that you still come off as a douche when you yeah. say it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the context see, of that I phrase haven't at even all. Re- I haven't even read the book, and I know that for the fact that the book's better. I mean, it's true, but okay, give me reasons. How do you know that? Just outside of what I've told you. <laughs> well, I mean, just when I was watching the movie, like, it, it was poorly planned. It was poorly directed. Like, it was just, you know. It almost I, sounded like you said, you say poorly, poorly planned. planned. Poorly That's planned. what I thought. <laughs> I was like, it's poorly planned. That's a good turn <laughs> of was, phrase, eh? It was poorly planned. Okay, now here's, let me just chime in right here on the portals issue. One of the huge things that I was disappointed about with this movie is the, in the books, the portals for the first, I would say, half of the story are simply doors that are freestanding in the environment. So they're magic doors. They look like doors with door jams and handles and all of that. The mechanical portals come into play later in the novels, but they are not a prime imagery in the original parts of the story and the fact that they never even reference those doors and not only that jake on his wall of drawings his beautiful mind wall if you will has a picture of a freestanding doorway with the door jam like with a door frame right they had it there and they sort of referenced it in the movie and to not use it was a huge misstep it just sort of told me right at the beginning that this was not the interpretation of this story that I wanted and or expected. Yeah, I um, I will agree with that statement. Uh, so being someone who's only read the first book and 100 pages of the second book, to give an example, the mechanical portals haven't even come into play by the 100 pages into the second right. book and at all. Right, and you're like 7 or 800 pages into this epic. Yes, correct. Um, so that was disappointing for me. Um, it was disappointing because uh, basically, okay, so what I have seen of, or what I have read of uh, The Dark Tower, none of that really happened at all in this movie. So it's like the first book was just pretty much omitted. There was no way station. There was no tunnels. They Roland and Jake did not meet in the same way. They, they did not. They end- referenced the Mohane Desert yes. in the movie, which is where the first book takes place. Yes. But none of the plot points at happen. all. They sort of bastardized Tall. Well, we got ex- we got excited because when we watched the trailer together, we saw what appeared to be the Tall town. So everything was going to shit. Everybody looked like they were going crazy. Roland's, you know, killing people. But Jake was there in the trailer, right? And I remember you and I kind of talking like, "Huh." So I guess Jake is just with him in Tull now. Turns out, surprise, no he's not, because that's no. not Tull. It's a Manny village which doesn't come in until book five. Now, again, I know naysayers out there, I don't know how many supporters of this movie will exist online, but 
um, from the reviews, it sounds like none of them. But yes, they are taking elements of all the books. So, oh, well, it was in book five and six, so it can exist in this movie. I get it. But but no, like it was adapted wrong. Um, and actually, you know, for me, it's interesting because you've read some of the books. Mm-hmm. I obviously know them well. But Amanda, you came into this completely blind. Completely blind. So did it, from someone of a perspective that doesn't know the story, doesn't know the context... What made sense and what didn't? Not a whole lot. I didn't understand. I needed more backstory between Roland and the man in black. Like, what really is their beef? You know what I mean? And 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 I kind of said this before. Like, I felt like this movie should have been t- should have been titled like Roland and Jake: A Dark Tower Tale because there's you can tell that there's so much more going on. But I have no information for that. Right. And it was just so focused on this one story of Jake and Roland getting to their end point. And it was just chaos, 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 end point, end scene, right. the end. I'm like, okay. Well, and that's a really interesting point because one of the things about this movie that that it does get right in relation to the first book is that it's very myopically focused. The first book is incredibly small when it comes to like what happens in the story. You know, Roland is chasing the man in black across the desert. He comes to a couple towns. The dark, the the man in black has left some traps. They go under the mountains. A lot of bad stuff happens there, and they fight some creatures. And then Roland and the man in black have a conversation in the movie, and the book's over. Sure. Like, it is a very singularly focused endeavor. But to your point, yeah, they just sort of picked out things that they thought would be cool action pieces mm-hmm. and hoped that that would be enough to carry the movie. When in reality, Nicolas Jarcel cannot direct action scenes, as we have learned in this film. Like, yeah, he got nominated for, you know, A Royal Affair, which was a dramatic story with sweeping visuals. And, you know... Yeah, the action scenes in this movie definitely left much to be desired. Right. I mean, they were weak. Well, and as I've mentioned on the show before, I get so mad when things are almost good. And I saw in every scene ways that the scene could be better. And every now and then in movies, actually in a lot of movies, I'll see individual scenes and I'll be like, oh, well, they could have done this or they could have done this and that would have made this element better. But when this movie, I could almost look at every single scene, understand what they were trying to accomplish, but immediately think of something that would have done it better. And that's not good. Well, it played as if it was, throughout every single scene, it was taking me to the end point instead of leading me to the end point, if that makes sense. Like, you know, there were no, there were no human aspects to this movie. Like, there were no human moments, you know. When when Jake goes through that portal, you know, the first time, like, he's seeing this for the first time. And he his reaction just was very kind of like, okay, that's a thing. I'm going to go jump through it now. And then... It's gone. He jumps through it, and he's in this desert, which I'm assuming you guys know right. where he is. But you know, South like, Africa. Okay, from like <laughs> from his point of view, it's like I just jumped through this portal for the very first time in my life. I'm in a desert. I have no idea where the fuck I am. Yeah. How the fuck do I get home? Well, not like, al- where is that reaction? It's just kind of like okay, I'm gonna start walking this way. It's like not only that, yeah, yes, for sure. <laughs> but not only that is a house 
had literally just come alive and tried to kill him. So within the span of like three minutes, right. he has seen about five things that he did not think could exist up until this time. Yes. And then he just gets off, dusts the dirt off his shoulders like well, a 90s okay. rap and then, song, and then just walks off into the desert. Right, and then later they're explaining, like the man in black is explaining that this is like a demon didn't appear to be a demon to me. It just looked like the floor was coming alive almost in a, like, monster house. Right. Like, the wood slats were coming apart and, like, swallowing this And also, mainly because uh, the director can't direct action, it was very hard to understand what was even happening. Happening, yeah. It looked like he might have been getting squished by the floorboards at some point. But it was so focused on, like, on just his face. And and then he just said, stop. Yeah. And it stopped. It was right. his shine cue. But there was oh nothing God. there was nothing denoting that. Like well, he literally was just like, Stop! And, then and there went, like at least if you're gonna do that, like have a shockwave emit right. from him yeah. to like show something. that like he just did something that caused it to stop. Right. Instead it's just like well, Okay. And, and here's again, and I have I'm 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 just gonna claim I'm gonna put on my douche hat for the whole episode because in the book <laughs> that scene happens. Dutch Hill House comes alive and there is a house demon that lives there. And it's sort of like the Marston house from Salem's Lot, where it's just evil and everybody knows it's evil, so no one buys the house. No one lives there, and they use it to their benefit to have a portal there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, when the, when the house comes alive in the book, it's actually like a face and arms that come out of the wall, almost like Frighteners in a, in a sense. And it like is cha- it's pulling itself down hallways, and the slats are teeth. And they're literally eating Jake. And they're like ripping his pants off. His legs get all cut up to hell. And it's trying to basically devour him and crush him in the walls. But it looks like a it looks like a person. It looks like a demon. I feel so like they wanted to right. do that in this, but it just didn't. Yeah, you know, it's just like, oh, the floorboards and the ceiling are, are going to like create this Chinese finger trap. No, it was like wood water, the way it yeah. moved. Yeah, it was very weird. Now, it looked... To give it a compliment, it looked okay. Like, when the floorboards came up, it's like, oh, well, that's kind of neat. Had they done the full face, it could have been really cool. Well, but see, the way it rippled in the beginning, I thought a creature was going to come out, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Like, I wanted a Frighteners-esque house coming to life, house coming to life, like, the fabric looks like a beard you or, know, you the know, wall whatever. that stretchy thing at that one moment. It's like, yeah. why do the stretchy thing if you're just gonna... Do this weird wood water thing. I will agree with that. Yeah. Totally. Well, and that's kind of another thing that we talked about is that there doesn't seem to be much of an arc. Like, even though Jake goes through all these things, and I get why they made Jake the main character as more of a, a YA type experience, sort of like a Maze Runner or Divergent. You know, they want people to be invested in this relatable teenage character. Like, I get why they changed that for the film. But no one progresses. I mean, Q, you were even saying this after the movie, this is something that made you mad, is that no one does or learns anything. Yeah, there's no development. There's no no real character development. There's no real story. It literally is just like, here's this thing that you didn't know was happening that is happening in the first five minutes of the movie, and by the end of the movie, we have stopped that, but you still don't know really why. You're not really connected to any of the characters and no one has gone on any sort of journey as a character. They're right. just like, we're exactly like we started this movie out, except now I have no parents, and now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. like it's just very yeah. odd. Like I said, and I, I joked as we were leaving the movie, but I'm very serious. Like, the way the movie ended, 
I felt like at any point they could spin off into like a Roland is now Jake's dad and they're just living together in an apartment right. in New York City. Just <laughs> just living their lives and being yeah. two dudes, you know. It's like the new odd couple. Yeah. Like I, I because it felt like, okay, well, I guess this whole movie was just to introduce these two people to each other. So <laughs> it would it would they could have been Okay, so Jake, here it is. Here's the premise. Jake and Roland get an apartment together. And it's a reboot of the professional. Yeah, it's that. But then Jake joins the basketball team. And so they call it Ball and Dischain. Yeah. It's as good as this movie. Did you write this movie? (laughs) Right? No. uh, Hollywood Nightmare. uh, Akiva Akiva Goldsman? Goldsman wrote this movie, which, coming from his long line of successes like Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Um, Winter's Tale and Transformers: The Last Night. You can tell where this came shit. from. Yeah, that's the guy who wrote this. Is that guy? Why they let that guy write this? Because Ron Howard is in love with him or something. Ron Howard has him write a lot. He actually wrote all of the Da Vinci Code movies too. Yeah, but those are dumb fun. I like those. Well, that's the thing is that this movie could have been dumb fun. Like actiony dumb fun, like yeah. mythology action dumb fun, or it could have been a like an epic quest movie, which like is what it is? should have been. Dude. The, the problem with the problem with this movie is that it exists as self masturbatory service for Stephen King fans. Like at the beginning of the movie, you know, one of the production companies is the Tet Corporation, which is a nod to the Dark Tower series. And then the Breakers, the movie opens with these psychic children who are breaking the beam that holds the tower. That's from the movies. It felt like they try or the books. It felt like they tried to shoehorn in a bunch of references to make Stephen King fans happy, but those references don't allow for anyone not familiar with the book series to understand the mythology. But they changed the story so much that even Stephen King fans aren't going to be impressed by it. Mm-mm. So it really is a movie for no one. And that bothers me. It has I, no audience. I caught the photograph of the Overlook Hotel. Right. Well, okay, so let's go through some of the Easter eggs. So there's the Tet Corporation in the opening credits. Mm-hmm. There is Barlow and Straker's thrift shop in New York City, which is from Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. Someone is walking... A uh, St. Bernard, which is like Cujo. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw the Overlook Hotel picture. Mm-hmm. The Pennywise theme park saw from that. it. And then um, when Jake and his friend are playing in his room, his friend is driving a little toy model of Christine. Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. So, like, there's all these, like, little things hidden these throughout. Nods, yeah. And, again, it just feels like they made it, or they put all those in there to... For Stephen King fans to be like, hey, I get this. But then there's not enough on either side to satisfy either audience. Right. I totally agree with that. Um, well, I feel like... No, I can't say that. That'd make me a douchebag. So, I know we kind of talked a little bit, and I'm kind of just looking up some information about this movie while we're talking. And um, so, apparently, it wasn't just us that thought the movie was kind of nonsensical and all over the place. Um, apparently when the movie was finished, um, they were, they did test screenings of it. Or those were disasters. Yeah. Apparently it was really bad. And the studio actually, it says was contemplating, Sony was actually contemplating replacing Nikolai Jarcel with a, and quote from Sony, 
more experienced filmmaker. They yeah. Should have. And but instead, apparently Ron Howard and Akiva Goldsman advised Arcel how to clean the movie up through music and changing some of the scenes around for the narrative of the film. It says one of the things that they went back and did a reshoot on, which I find very odd, um, was uh, Idris Elba's scene with his father. Originally, that wasn't in the movie. I mean, that sort of uh, okay, felt but, shoehorned in. I'm yeah, not going to lie. Um, but the thing with that scene is, is that it was so small compared to everything else that they were doing in that movie, that they should have just left it out altogether. It says... Like if you weren't going to give me more right. of that, don't do it. It says, apparently, all of they spent $6 million on reshoots, and the reshoots were apparently all geared... So every reshoot they did was f- to fill in Idris Elba's backstory. Right. Well, because they focused on Jake so much, and, you know... Cue from you reading the novels. It's definitely not Jake's story. It's Roland's story. Right. It is a story about Roland and his kind of journey. And Roland's backstory is the story and the history and the historical context for Midworld. So all those things that, you know, A was talking about being confused about and the things that you have noticed that don't jive with the book. Right. All of that's because they shifted that perspective. But what was also weird is I have a feeling that... um that uh, Idris Elba kind of might have had something to do with that because I saw an interview recently. Remember I told you that I watched that uh, Facebook Live stream prior to the release of this movie, and Idris Elba was taking questions from people, and one of the questions that they asked was, um, when you read this script, like, how did you feel taking on this kind of movie? And his exact response was not like, I loved the script, I couldn't wait to be a part of it. He was like, yeah, I saw it as a great opportunity to um, be the star of an action movie. Um, and he said, also, um, you know, I read the script and it was pretty good. He said, <laughs> but um, he said, we really, you know, I thought it was important that we needed to beef up the Jake character. And so we did that. And that's what we're making. And I think it's, I think everybody will really enjoy it. So his exact statement was, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Not great. And I think everyone will really like it. And I think people will like it now because we beefed up the Jake character, which leads me to believe that somewhere at some point there was a movie that was primarily focused on Roland and everybody kind of went, yeah, but like nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see the character from another world who has an entire mythology and history (laughs) behind them. Instead, let's focus on this child who is kind of a side character through the entire (laughs) books. Well, yeah. And that actually is, is leads into a good segue because we can easily just sit here and rip on the movie for the whole review. But, <laughs> like, let's go around and say a couple things that were at least we thought were positive you sound, about you sound, it. You sound like my, like, school teacher. Uh, no. All right, everybody, enough ripping on everything. Let's go around and each say something positive yeah. about it. Well, because f- for me, I did think Idris Elba did a very good job yes. as Roland. Like, that to me is... The one thing that I can point to in the movie that I was like, this has legs to stand on its own with the help of a good director and screenwriter. Nah, I think he phoned it in. Really? Why? I, I also wasn't like blown away <clears throat> by Idris Elba. I've seen him do better things. I've, I've watched, seen I've him. seen Luther. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I totally, and it may have just been direction. I felt like he phoned, I felt like most of the people, aside from the kid, I felt like the kid 
like acted hard, like for like he was trying. Like, I would agree trying. with that. Like I felt like everybody else was just phoning this in. See, I, I might stand alone on that one, and that's that's totally fine. I just. I'm not saying it's Idris Elba's best performance by any stretch of the imagination, but what I am saying is that looking at the movie that we got, he is a bright spot for me. Okay. Because I was at that's least because he's not Idris Elba. Possibly. That's, it. that's the only reason. I mean, he brings some gravitas to the screen. I mean, think the about screen. the scene where they're where they're in that town and like you get these two people that come in that are sort of mad, you know, that they're opening this portal and the guy's just kind of sitting at the table just kind of like we can't just disobey a gunslinger. It's like, that's right. the way that scene played out. Like, everybody oh, in this I agree. movie phoned yeah. it I in. feel like no one in this movie really cared what was happening. Nobody gave Like, they're like, shit. the world is going to end, and everybody's just like, okay. yeah, okay. but probably not. <laughs> Maybe. It's almost like what we do now. It's like, well, we're on the verge of nuclear war, but... Uh, probably not. Yeah, I mean, I, it'll be fine. <laughs> this is fine. It, they're all the dog in that comic strip while everything's yeah. burning around. They're just like, this is fine. I'm yeah. fine. We're all fine. That's what the whole production, that was their mantra, the production companies are making this <laughs> movie. It's like, no, we're fine. We're fine. This, no, 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 this is fine. It's fine. We got, we got uh, Akiva Goldsman. No, we're, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're, fine. we're good. We, oh, Ron we, Howard dropped out? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, we're, we're still fine. fine. We're fine. We're it's fine. fine. It's good. Um, I, I just don't know. I, 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 <laughs> oh, wait, Warner Brothers passed? No, it's fine. fine, fine. We still got Sony, right? We're gonna do we're gonna do five movies and three TV series. We're not gonna do that. We're just gonna cram everything into an hour and a half. We're fine. fine. No, 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 no. We're We're gonna cram everything into this three-hour movie. Oh wait, we're gonna cut the three-hour movie down to an hour and a half, probably because the three-hour movie was even more nonsensical and still had no backstory on Roland. (laughs) That's fine. It's fine. We're fine. That's fine. You know who can fix it? Ron Howard. (laughs) You know what we should change to fix this? Music. (laughs) I mean, Matthew McConaughey did better in True Detective than he did in this movie. Matthew McConaughey. Oddly so enough, can I just say the fact that I just read something that was like music would really help it? I'm actually trying to think right now. I don't, I don't remember, remember a single piece of music throughout the whole movie. That's not saying that there See, wasn't you said music. That a minute ago, and I thought about that. I was like, was there music? But I'm like, I don't remember any There's music. There's not anything mem- memorable Mm-mm. about it. Mm-mm. So. Somehow they were, maybe that's what it was. Maybe there was a really just rocking score, and they're like, it's confused. It's taking away from the movie. The whole score was Leonard Skinner originally. <laughs> it was a really yeah. weird choice. It was actually uh, they took old clips of John Denver, mashed them up with Leonard Skinner songs, and that was the whole soundtrack. Right. Originally, they decided to go the Dunkirk route, and it was just gonna be a ticking clock the whole time. And they're like, no, 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 no. we're saving this for a better movie, so we're gonna need you to not do that. No, no. Nolan already has the rights. On His movie is music. also an hour and a half. So right. maybe they actually just took the score from the Dark Tower <laughs> and just placed it over top of a better movie. And that, and now they're just getting accolades. They're like, wow, that soundtrack was real brave. And oddly enough, didn't really go with Dunkirk. That's because it originally belonged to the Dark Tower. And then Ron Howard's in his office like, Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, His red hair all aflame. So that's one of the things. Okay, so, all right, my nice thing about this movie. Let me think here. I got to think hard. Um, you know what would have been better I got it. thinking? Ron Howard narrating this movie as uh, per the development, development style. They Didn't they have a video of that going around? I think no, that's that, floating around the internet. That was um with Star Wars, I think. Oh, was it? doing Han Solo. Oh, that's right. That's so right. So they did the Star Wars with him narrating. No, it would have been funny with the Dark Towers. Right? Um, Let's see. Best thing I can say... Um, I would totally watch this movie again before rewatching the Emoji movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! 
So better than the Emoji Movie. That's a uh, that's a good standard. Oddly enough, that's a tough standard. Better than the Emoji Movie. Less emotions than the Emoji Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I don't think any of us have seen it, but I wonder how it compares to Akiva Goldman's other film this summer of Transformers: The Last Night. Because I feel like I would like that movie less than I liked this. Is that the new one that came out? Yeah. That one also has uh, King Arthur in it. Akiva Goldsman's big on King Arthur this summer. Hey, you know what else he produced? What? King Arthur, the the (laughs) The Guy Ritchie movie. He sure did. Do you think he was just like, he's legit just sitting at home. He's like, you know what? I fucking love King Arthur right now. I just want to put it in everything. He's like Lin-Manuel Miranda. He read a book on King Arthur, and he's like, I'm going to make something great out of this. One day. Unlike Lin-Manuel, he made something not very great out right. of this. Watch this. Here I come, Dark Tower. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things for me where... Um, it just I, I watched it, and it ended, and I was fine with it. Yeah. Like, I was fine that it ended. I was just like, that's fine. No, I'm yeah. never going to get that hour and a half back. This is fine. <laughs> but see, that's how I felt about this movie. I wasn't even so enraged. I just didn't care. I felt like every character in the Dark Tower. I just didn't care. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. This movie's over, but probably. It it's may whatever. start a trilogy I or a series. Happy, though, probably when not. I saw Jake's mom and I was like, oh, she's from that show, The Vikings, that I like. That's another, actually, that's another problem with this movie. So the mom is from Vikings, and you like that. Yeah. The kid's from nothing, so that's fine. Idris Elba is from, like, Luther and The Wire and Mm -hmm. The Office and a bunch of other better things. And Matthew McConaughey is, you know, better in True Detective. Like, everything about this movie was like, yeah, better, I could watch, I could be watching a better movie. Right. I could be watching something better than this. Mm -hmm. Everyone involved in this has done better things. Yes. Well, and that's what we were talking about on the way home after we saw it, is that Matthew McConaughey should have been the perfect choice for the man in black because he kind of has that smarm and that swagger. He can definitely come off evil when he wants to, but he just didn't do it in this movie. Like we were trying to say other actors that could have pulled off, excuse me, they could have pulled off that part. But, and the thing that I pointed to is like Matthew McConaughey giving his performance from killer Joe could have pulled off that part. Like, could have pulled off the man in black, and I definitely would have believed it. Well, yeah, but you also have to... The movie was PG-13. It like, was. if they had allowed it to be a rated R movie, they probably could have done a whole lot more. I mean, they could, but, I mean, you can look at other Not PG-13. that it would have helped it a whole lot. Right. Cause, I mean, because but... Lord of the Rings are PG-13. Um, Insidious and Conjuring are PG-13, and they succeed in making you feel what they want you to feel. Like, I feel like they could have made a good movie with PG-13. They just... They just didn't. And what I'm hoping for is because I liked the kid and because I liked Idris Elba so much and just being a fan of the Dark Tower, I desperately want to see these stories unfold, is what I'm praying for is that it makes enough money to get a sequel. And it can almost go the Wolverine route because X-Men Origins Wolverine is an abysmal film. It's nearly unwatchable. The Wolverine, after James Mangold took charge is better, but still not great. But then Logan that came out this year is easily the best X-Men movie. So if we can just get on the right trajectory and get the right people behind the Dark Tower sequels, they can be really good, especially since they left out most of the great aspects of the novels. There's still a lot to pull from. I have a question. Huh? Where did his backpack go? 
Whose backpack? Jake's backpack. Like, at one point, it's with him, and then I forget where exactly, but then it's just gone. Oh, his little saddlebag? Yeah, with his sketches and stuff in there. Like, he was carrying that thing around everywhere, and then all of a sudden, he just didn't have it anymore. Did you guys notice where he lost it? I think when they kidnapped him in the van at the end. So when, like, Roland No, gets he didn't tra- have it then. He didn't? I, I know he, he didn't have it then, it. because he was just running through the streets with nothing. Oh, I thought he was holding it at that point. I don't think so. I don't know. Another I'm, Akiva Goldsmanism. I'm going to use that opportunity to sum up this entire episode. Because in a movie about multiple worlds and multiple deeply, deeply entrenched in backstory characters, the main thing we care about is where the fuck did his backpack go? <laughs> and that is a perfect statement of yeah. this movie. <laughs> I could give no less shits about anything that is happening in this world other than where the fuck is Jake's saddlebag? <laughs> that's just, there's, that's it. That's what this movie is summed up by is there's just something missing and it happens to be Jake's backpack that right is now. true. But there's just something missing with it. There are pieces there that can make a good movie. Yeah. But there's just something missing. Mm-hmm. And I don't good know what acting. that is. The, uh, my like my whole review walking out of it was just kind of like, meh, meh. I've seen worse. I've seen worse movies this summer. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely, and I could see where they wanted this one to be. Mm-hmm. And knowing where they wanted it to be makes me madder that they didn't get there because it was so easy to get there. Right. And it feels like they just missed the boat. Totally. Where, they missed the portal. Where the fuck they missed the portal is Jake's backpack. Where is it? That's all we want to know. That's all we care about. Answer that question, and I'll be a satisfied fan. <laughs> so thanks, guys. Thanks for recording this. And uh, all you listeners out there, uh, stay tuned for more Way Late to the Game reviews. And uh, if you liked The Dark Tower or have a thought on it, uh, let us know. Shoot it out on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, any of our channels, comment on this episode. But did you like it? What did you think was missing? Like, you Do you agree? Like you didn't <laughs> like know, yeah. Do you know where Jake's backpack is? Yes, Tell where us. is Jake's backpack? Tell me. Tell us. So you can find us uh Twitter at hi the number five the podcast dot or not dot com. Uh-huh. It's just at. Uh you can also find us on Facebook at High Five the Podcast, all letters, no numbers. Uh you can reach out to us on our website at www.highfivepodcast.com. Once again, all letters, no numbers. That's it. Let's get out of here. Let's get you guys to Magianos. Ooh. Ooh. Where the fuck is Jake's backpack? <laughs> <laughs>